Hey, everyone. We're talking about games again. TMJ Syndrome beats Ubisoft. Turns out Pikachu is back and Diablo is still not a phone. I'm Tim. I'm Mitch. I'm Jason. And here we go. Let me just talk to you guys, okay? Okay. I want you guys to know something that happened this last week. Lay last it on week, me, Last two weeks? Something like that. Uh, TMJ Syndrome is the most influential podcast on the internet. <laughs> yes. And we have officially changed Ubisoft's mind. On censorship? On censorship, yeah. So they have said that they are reversing all of the changes that they announced to uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Did they say why? Just Was it fan outcry? Did they even point that out? Yeah, it was, it was because of fan outcry, specifically because of TMJ Syndrome. I mean, awesome. Um I would like, it, it would have been nice for them to, you know, uh, mention us in their post, but I get it. You know, they didn't they didn't want to overwhelm our website with with linking. So, I, you know, I get it. I, it's OK. Like we can we can stay in the shadows, but everyone knows who the real hero is here. Clickbait YouTube. That's the hero. They probably yep. hate it. They hate clickbait YouTube because YouTube makes tons of bank off outrage and then what happens is the outrage starts on like reddit or 4chan and then clickbait youtube comes in like us and just parrots what uh, reddit says but in video form <laughs> and then like ubisoft gets destroyed yeah it's pretty good so who knows if in the future, like, because it, it kind of seems based off of their messaging that, like, in the future, they may decide to bring new features in the game in a way that they can just add easily to all of the different builds. So it's kind of a win. It's kind of a win. It's kind of a loss because it sounds like they might be kind of censoring new content potentially. Oh, I didn't catch that. So where, was that like subversively in the announcement or where did you see that? Yeah, I mean, they essentially said that they are rolling back all the changes, but they did not say that they are rolling back the philosophy of trying to keep everything similar. Hmm. Well, that's interesting, too, because they roll back the changes. So maybe they don't make levels with casino machines anymore, or slot machines and, and hookers. But they have yeah. the, the problem with blood still, right? That's not ever going to go away. Yeah. So yeah maybe, dimes. maybe they just don't add blood to environmental effects anymore, right? Oh, right. And also like imagery still of, knives in the game. Right. And an imagery of skulls apparently can't be there. But, yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe they add that kind of stuff to i don't know maybe maybe they change their design philosophy so that the kind of stuff they add that you know they they act like any developer and they add the stuff add that kind of stuff that isn't gonna work in places like china or other places with like high censorship they put those in a thing that's modular so that if my region code is sensor assholes then i M showed a piece of candy instead of a knife. Instead of that's, blood, you get Skittles. Yeah, you throw Skittles at them. Because no, that's almost like a form of self-censorship in its own right. And I, I, I say that because um, let's use a different medium like books. We've all known that certain books will get gutted going into different countries. But the the book itself that it came from, say it came from the U.S., Starship Troopers or something, um, we get the book as it was. So that's okay. But now going – but this is different in the sense that we're getting back the game we had as it was. But going forward, 
the design philosophy is changing almost to self-centered to capitulate to a another nation. It's I a mean, very interesting concept. It's, it, it's to me, bewildering. It, it kind of reminds me of like, you know how music artists, some of the ones that like money more than others, they'll, they have, they have cussing in their music, right? But then they'll also do a track. They'll do a different track for the radio. Right. And it kind of reminds me of that, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I don't, I don't know if I don't, don't know when the last time I bought a CD was, but I mean, it used yeah. to be you would go uh, and buy CDs and there was explicit versions of albums and there was non-explicit explicit versions of albums. Yeah. In fact, I don't think Walmart sold explicit versions. Yeah, for the longest all. time. And mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, like maybe they're not CDs, but the album itself released on Spotify, like there's an explicit version of the album and a non-explicit version of the album, depending on depending on the artist. Sometimes it's just they they uh, cut out the they like bleep over it or whatever. But sometimes if the artist is wanting to play ball, they'll actually just record a different track. With like them using a different word. Yeah, which I I don't know. I kind of like I don't know which way I like better actually. I I personally I always prefer I mean obviously I just prefer like their original intention. Like if their original intention was to have cussing in the in the track then I'll I would rather listen to that. Yeah. Um if they're because in inevitably like I'm trying to think of an example song where like the the word that they use makes sense but it kind of changes the meaning of the song itself well i anecdotally like you you could use the example of movies that are r-rated movies that go to network tv where they have to remove all the swearing and it to me it, it has turned very serious moments that should be a serious moments into a comedy moment because of the word they replace the swear word with so it right. actually changes the tone of the scene. I was watching uh, Mike and Dave need a wedding date the other day on TV. And there's a part in there where someone says like, what the fuck? And they edit it to what the fart. Was great. <laughs> See, why would you choose that word? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and then uh, I, I mean, that part of me, like if I was the guy that had to watch the movie and replace words with di- different words, I would totally try to make it like the funniest that I freaking could. Right. And that's good. But depending on the movie, like if it's a serious, if it's a comedy already, then no, no biggie. But if it's supposed to be a serious moment and it, it, it can change the mood of the scene in my mind. Oh, totally. It's like, like um, some drama was like, yeah, he fucked her, but yeah, he farted on her. Yeah. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that is different. <laughs> This guy's he's a serial he's farter. Just weird. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, kind of off topic. We'll come back to siege, but I always find it funny that like they can't swear on network TV, but like you can swear all day on YouTube. Nobody cares. Uh, you might hasn't get your that shit... changed a little bit? Well, you might get your shit demonetized. And you might get like a parental advisory, but no one's stopping you from doing it. I mean, on network TV, isn't that changed a little bit? It's like, I think it's a little bit looser depending on what time of day it is. There's still certain, you can't say fuck, right? I think that you can, like there's, there's different rules for it. Um, Like you can't say fuck in like the middle of the day, but I'm pretty sure there's some rules out there if it's you know past a certain time and you're on cable TV and not like air TV then you, there's a different set of rules and you can say so many words like so many times and stuff like that yeah so does uh does this change are we are you guys you guys gonna play siege again does this does this make you feel better or I would say them changing removing those abrupt changes would now make me change my mind because I'm not an immutable person. I can I can totally like have have my mind changed depending on 
if different scenarios happen. I think that uh, now, if since they've reversed those, I would definitely be willing to play the game again. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to I'm going to say that I'm no longer boycotting it. You know what the problem is, though, in the interim, like all my hard drive space got used for other games. Yeah, yeah, it's the same here. And I also don't like that they're little bitches in reverse stance. If you're going to make a decision, like stick with it. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Don't, don't be a bitch. Um, I would like to know, and I'm wondering if this is recorded anywhere, if if the, what their number drops were like their because you could I think Steam publicly uh, posts player count. Like you can look it up at any time. So I wonder if there was a significant drop. Because if there wasn't, why would they why would they back track? There had to have been a significant drop of people stopping playing the game. Oh, yeah, there there must have been, especially my guess would be based off of because they just released a new season and new operators and stuff like that. So my assumption would be that which is I think this is what I predicted is when they release the new season and they don't see the uptick that they normally do they would be like oh like we made a mistake right and that's a that's a big deal like um mitch had said in the previous episode we're like well i've already paid for the game but but the games as a service model is important for their what their financial earnings are for that quarter so if they released a new pack for that and there wasn't a user base there and they weren't making as money it makes much money for microtransaction that's gonna be a problem Especially when they do when they do their their quarterly reports, correct? Yeah, because the big thing is getting because they know that if so many people are playing the game, they're going to get so many microtransactions and all those kind of things, and people getting their friends to play the game and all that kind of stuff. So, and you according would, yeah. to Steam charts in September, uh, the average amount of players was seventy three thousand. And then in the last 30 days, the average amount of players was 57,000 with the the peak players dropping from 143 to 115,000. That's a pretty would that's a pretty significant drop. I mean, I would think so. It's yeah. not as bad as it was when they first came out, like I mean, if you look at the the first year of the game being released, uh they had 10,000 average players at max. So they've they've gained quite a lot of traction since then. Um but I don't know, I don't remember when they made that announcement though. I don't remember if it was in September or was it after September, I don't know. When they made the announcement for the the dual versions, for the dual versions. Mm-hmm. Um I believe that was in October. Interesting. I, I would just like to hope other developers use this as a model of not, you know, trying well, to like, combine I read about one that. build. Episode 16 is when, we, is when we did that. We're bad at dates, guys. Bad at dates. It's okay. But play Siege the, again, Ray, I guess. Yeah, play Siege again if you want. Uh, I won't be, but okay. I don't really like Ubisoft, so. This is me. Yep. Mm. Would you consider Siege as a game as a service game? Because the updates are free, aren't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like the the operators, you can get them for free if you play the game. And uh, like all of the like, I actually think their monetization model is probably the best of the best of what you can get out of a out of a games company nowadays which is you can do the season pass if you don't want to have to grind it out or you can grind it out and get the operators for free. And then all, and then there's a bunch of uh, like hats and crap that or you know, uh, appearance changing things that have no gameplay effect that are that you have to pay for if you want. Yeah, I, I it, it that to me is fine. Like I have no problem with that. Um, it's just not my type of game. I've played it with, I've played it plenty with you guys. It just doesn't hook me very well, but glad to see that it, uh, they turned course, but doesn't mean another company won't try that shit again. 
So yeah, got to hold them accountable when they make bad decisions, which I think is funny. Um, I mean, I'll just, I just want kind of mini rant a little bit. That's okay. Um, we've come so far since I was a kid and from the eighties till now with like media and being able to basically do what you want. Cause you know, growing up through the nineties with like the, the conservative censorship and stuff like that, um, for video games and then video games doing the hard fight for mortal Kombat man. And then us to kind of dip back a little bit. And it's not just siege like Sony now has a censorship, censorship policy, uh, specifically for Japan. Uh, and it's just weird to see these things come back full circle. It's very weird. Um, I guess you always have to be vigilant, but it, not everything always keeps going up. I know an upward trend. Yeah. People always trying to be censor us. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not, I, I just censorship's always rubbed me the wrong way. Just don't buy it. I don't, I'm just playing things I don't buy. You know, like I don't understand the whole like the, it goes. Even music had this problem back in the day. Like, don't buy your kids the music. The problem is, is there's these parents out there that still do. You know, well, it was the funniest thing. The funny thing with music, like, because th- we were talking about how they have the labeling, right? Of yeah. they, oh, this is the explicit. It was a giant version. ass label too. I know, and like essentially that just became like the best marketing ever for that album Mm -hmm. because as a kid you're just like oh man i want the explicit version yeah so much so that when you get the track right you your parents buy you the album for christmas or something like that and then you still save up your allowance your lawn mowing money or whatever and then you go buy it again because you want the explicit version yeah but you you know speaking of speaking of sony like you're you're talking like they've got they got a lot of things for their platform like it it feels like like they've always they've done pretty well in the ps4 generation seems like they like ps3 sony was lagging behind like a lot yep um and then ps4 it seems like sony has kind of pulled ahead in terms of quality of games and first party releases and all that kind of thing um we i mean would do you think they're going to be able to keep that trend going forward um, I think that I predict that in PS5, they're, they're probably going to see a downtrend. And the only reason I say that is, um, there's not a ton of variety in my mind, um, when it comes to PS3 exclu- or PS4 exclusive gameplay wise, there's a ton of varieties like with stories, but Sony seems to have a specific gameplay philosophy, which is highly cinematic games that are semi-linear, semi-open world. Um, but you can only, you only really, really play them one time. Um, I know there's going to be people out there that play Uncharted 4 over and over and over again. I'm not one of them. Um, like, if you go back and you look at the exclusives back in the, like, the PS1 and PS2 area, era, excuse me, for uh, Sony, I feel like they were more varied gameplay-wise versus what they offer now. So with Microsoft trying to up their first party ante and the the juggernaut Nintendo, Nintendo's never been able to be competed with with their first party titles. Like even when Nintendo systems aren't selling very well, Nintendo's first party uh, titles go sell in the millions, sometimes to the tens of millions. And they have a they to me, like they have a proven brand and they also have varied gameplay mechanics like you yeah. you got you got your platformers like mario then you have your metroid primes you got your smash brothers you got different game you know mario party mario kart like different gameplay experiences that sony's never really been able to capitalize and they've tried they try to make their own smash brothers and it was really shit do you guys ever play it it's called playstation all-stars <laughs> no it, i never played that it was bad mitch you well, never played seemed- it i did not know Okay. I never had a. I never really had a PlayStation One or Two growing up. Like I had. No, PlayStation All Stars is fairly new. Oh well, I don't really play a lot of PlayStation. Honestly, I don't play a lot of yeah. PlayStation games like at all. Right? I had an NES. I had an N sixty four. I got an Xbox. I finally got a PlayStation Three, but I don't even remember what I played. Like I don't. I don't remember what I played on it. Um, and it's then, funny. 
I got the four for Bloodborne, and now it. I think I've played a total of four games on that Bloodborne, uh, the uh, God of War, the Spider Man game that just came out, and then um, that you rented the Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. Yeah, and I did. I rented that Spider Man game, and I like chugged through it in seven hours. It was great. Remember, remember, I called it out too. It was like that's a rental game, hundred percent. It was. Like, it one hundred percent is. It was really good. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed playing it, but it was definitely a rental game. I yeah, would not buy. Like, that I game. I feel like off that list, only two exclusives I I have are Bloodborne and God of War. And God of War deviates from that what I just said, and it's the only one that I can think of. So they did a good there. I mean, good job. God Sony. of War. The whole God of War series is just really good. Well, they but they completely ups up ended its gameplay, which is good. Um, I feel like if Sony wants to be competitive next generation, they're gonna. I think they're gonna have to change their gameplay style up a little bit. Well, I think it's sort of interesting because we. I think the three big competitors. You know, you have you have Microsoft, you have Sony, and you have Nintendo, right? So mm-hmm. Microsoft, their f- next focus seems to just be on furthering the furthering the melding of Xbox and PC. Because I think they finally realized that, hey, turns out we have all these people who are playing games on our platform and we can just like capitalize on them. Um, But like and then Nintendo has always been has always done a good job of like giving you a reason why buying their console is a completely different experience. You know, like the switch is like just something completely different. Like I would like if I was going to buy a console, I'll today I would go buy a switch because that sounds like really interesting. I like the mobile aspect, but then, and then you have Sony, which is more, more like your legacy console. So what is the, the PlayStation four going to, or PlayStation five going to be like, is it going to be, is it going to be just another console? Cause I feel like that won't do very well. Well, so here's my opinion. Well, here's my opinion. This is what Nintendo did, right? It's not a phone, Mitch. (laughs) This is what Nintendo did, right? And what Microsoft did, right? And what Sony is doing wrong in my mind. Um, Nintendo had a problem. Um, the console market in Japan and in, in East Asia has been dwindling for a long time. We know this. We've talked about this before where, you know, Diablo Immortal is making a mobile game to capitulate to the Chinese market because they use mobile gaming. It's the same in Japan, believe it or not. Uh, mobile gaming has, has exploded in Japan because of the life, their on the go lifestyle all the time and being on trains and all kinds of stuff. So Nintendo did, did one, they wound up phones like i've talked to mitch about this i prefer that handheld switch for when i travel than a phone game now just because i feel like it just feels better to have a controller well plus they make better games right like they, you can definitely play make that breath games. of the wild you can play the entire game on switch right yeah like that's like a full-fledged game versus just full-fledged game. like cookie clicker click and spend money so Nintendo didn't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater. So it's like, okay, let's have a semi-console experience, but also make it mobile and bam, that's what they had. Microsoft isn't trying to get the mobile market, but they are trying to meld the PC gaming market and the console market to stay afloat, which is smart. But Sony doesn't have PC presence beyond PlayStation now, which is arguably ish good. So they are still breaking in the console market. And the problem with the, the console market as of now it's primarily driven by the west western gamers are console gamers primarily but eastern gamers are not so they're going to have a problem with that going forward unless they come up with something when they tried make- for a while right like they had the psp for quite a few and years they had a few versions of it mm-hmm. but that yeah. i like i don't know how well it did uh in the asian markets i don't feel like it did very well here yeah, in the U.S. Vita is very popular in Japan. They still make games for it, even though there's no support anymore. Oh, there you go. So um, it's just they didn't support it well enough over here. There's a, you know, the Vita has a huge following, a cult following, I should say, in the West. Um, Like I'll still see, like, uh, for example, Valkyria Chronicles 4, I believe, released for the Vita in Japan, but did not release over here. And their people were mad. Like Vita, well, it was a really... Mad. It was a really cool concept too, right? Because like they they came out with the PS Vita and they were like, yeah, you know, you can play your your PlayStation games away from home. You just stream it. It's but the the technology wasn't like quite there yet, uh, so it didn't work very well. 
it's kind of funny because I feel like the switch is like the evolution of that, right? Yeah, right. And, and, and then they're just like one upped the shit out of them. And that's not the first time that's happened. You know, I like, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if Sony came out and did something similar to what Nintendo's doing. It might. Yeah. It's not a bad idea because if they could, if they could have something that hits that mobile itch at the same time, like I. The only way for them to like, I, I feel like the only way for them to just stay as a console, stay in that console market is to have something that's different. Like you have to have a reason to buy a PlayStation five versus anything else. Right. Even if like, cause just the exclusive games, like, I don't know, that's not going to, that's not going to do it forever. Like they've done a pretty good job with that so far. That's just not going to do it forever. It's got to be some kind of new new aspect to the way you play the game, right? Like the last generation was all like the motion, the motion. Uh, well, they motion tried to, they jumped on that bandwagon late and all that crap. Yeah. yeah, but that even, that's not even, like I wouldn't even say that was the last generation. That was like a, a thing that people are trying to do that's like, it's more of a novelty than anything. It's not taking off VR yeah. and the motion games and like Xbox did it with the connect. The PlayStation did it at first gen with just the camera and like the glowy ball controllers. Right. And then that eventually evolved into the PSVR system, which like, okay, cool. Yeah. There's some, there's some cool games out there for it. Um, like I wouldn't mind trying Beat, Beat Saber. Saber. Yep. Yeah. I would, I feel like I would play the fuck out of that game. But that's that one game is not going to make me drop $300 for a PSVR system, right? Yeah, VR, VR right. has yet to get a killer app. And the problem is, is like the AAA companies have just been porting games. Like, yeah, you can play LA Noir now with VR or Fallout 4 or Skyrim, but like they're kind of jank. Yeah. So Beat Saber has taken what VR can do and made it very simplistic and, and it's an awesome game. It's basically like DDR with your hands, which is sweet. Dude, playing playing LA Noir VR sounds so terrible. Like yeah. I, I saw that and it was just like because there's so there's a bunch of parts in that game where you like have you actually are looking at your own hand. I'm like, oh God. Like is, does that mean like, oh, oh, it's VR. So now it's more realistic when you tap your finger on a notebook like, yeah jesus christ what i mean don't get me wrong idea. i think vr might have a future but they, they need some killer software real killer software and not even just and that honestly, they need better hardware good, too yeah it needs better hardware it needs better software and honestly i like you guys were just talking about you know the beat saber it needs a different kind of game you know, like you can't you can't take you can't take a, the kind of game concept from a previous generation and just try to turn it into VR. You have to make the game around VR. You know, like if I'm if I'm a V if I'm VR, like what can you do with VR? Like, well, like I could be I could be in a plane or a spaceship and then I'm doing all these interesting things it's like if the entire game is made around the concept of VR, I could see that being more compelling than just something that's a port, you know. A few games have done that. I think uh, Duck Season is probably the most entertaining one. Have you seen that one? That one's pretty good. Yeah. But not a ton. Mo most of them are just like shitty fucking ports or cash weird, weird ass cash grabs on Steam. Um, Even Duck Season is kind of like the actual story and the and the gameplay is interesting. But even like what you're doing, like you're taking and you're you're interacting with the environment and you're throwing and you're throwing stuff around. And then your way to interact with stuff is to like point and shoot. Right. Right. It's essentially, it's essentially a first person shooter pointed ported to VR. Right. Well, I was saying like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be more that you can do with VR to be immersive or, you know, we gotta get, we gotta get to, we gotta get to that uh, Batman beyond episode. Then VR. Will be I good. don't want that. We don't need that. <laughs> we don't need it where it's so good you don't want to have a real life. We don't want that. That's what we need, Jason. That's what we need. And then uh, we'll I mean, add, if the make if, it so that if, there's little microtransactions everywhere. 
if the robots do put us out of work and 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 purpose, then maybe, <laughs> then maybe that's what we need. But I don't know. That's too no, far. Speaking of like first party titles, like you guys have been you guys have been playing some of the new Pokemon game. I've been hearing about. Yeah, I have it, and Mitch has it. Don't you have it, Mitch? Yeah, I got it. I haven't played uh, that much. I've only been the first gym leader, so I'm not too far. Neither have I. Um, it's cute. Uh, I kind of, a lot of people are mad. Some people are mad about how you catch Pokemon, but how you catch Pokemon is very, is, is identical to Pokemon go. So you don't actually have to fight the Pokemon to like weaken them and then throw the ball at them. You just, they, you encounter them and then throw the ball at them. And it's, it's almost the same. I don't have a problem with that, but some people are upset about that. What do you think, Mitch? It's Um, like the gameplay is abbreviated. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It, it is a dumbed-down version of Pokemon Yellow, um, 100%. Uh, even your rival isn't really, like... Uh, he's not a true rival. Like, when you went and you were playing the original games, right? It was you and your and your rival, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to beat you. Like, I'm, I'm going to be the best trainer. Then you're not going to be the best trainer. And this one's like, oh, well, why don't I help you become a really good trainer too? And here, have some things to help you along. And here's some Pokeballs. Oh, my God, the antagonist is sanitized? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, it, it's Pokemon Anti-Bully Edition. Oh, yep. my God. Wasn't was the guy from the original, wasn't his name Gary? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, nice. it, it was. He was a, he they was do a have... Jackass. So, oh, that's another that's another thing that I have in it, right? Like the original guy. Okay, so in the original games, you chose your name, and you chose your rival's name, right? And it's the same in this one. Yeah. Which okay, cool, that's great. But they so red and blue exist in this world, uh, and they're like they've already done this like the time frame. They've already done all the things from the original red and blue game, but their names are red and blue. I mean, that is the canon name of them, isn't it? Is it? I, I think Gary was just they use in the cartoon. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, it's in the cartoon. Ash and, Ash and because... Gary, but Red and Blue is what they were named. Oh, okay. Well, because... Yeah. Yeah, because I think, like, you when you chose the game, or, like, when you say your name, like, it autofills red or blue, depending on which one you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you're then... right. That is an option in there, huh? And then you can change it to butt face or whatever. Um, the, the one thing I do really like though, is they made it so that there's no random encounters in like tall grass now. So when you're running through grass, you can see all of the Pokemon that are in that grass, which makes it nice because then if you're like trying to run through a cave and you want to avoid all the Zubats, you can just run around the Zubats. Okay. So it's like, it's super dumbed down versus the old game. It's really, I guess... So it, does it play like because the old game played like a like a simplified version of a Japanese RPG? Does yep. this one this one probably doesn't play like that then? Oh no, know? there are still there are still real fights with other trainers in the game. It's just not with like the random Pokemon to level up. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, and I you know in most games, most games nowadays like the random encounter thing has fallen out of style quite a bit so except for persona makes, 5 uh, which is a great game you know but it, i mean it makes sense why that wouldn't be there anymore yeah well, yeah totally especially since but then it's... you're gonna avoid all the battles you won't level up your pokemon oh well so that's the other that's which why the other you only thing too right only like beating the first gym you uh no that has to do with time not skill thank you <laughs> and uh when you catch Pokemon, you still gain experience, and they made it so that actually all of your, all of the Pokemon in your party gain experience. Oh, so okay. They, so they they did that. Uh, a lot of JRPGs do that now, so you don't have to have them in your party at all times. Yeah, I sweet. mean, it makes sense. I like because in in the original, in the original game, remember how it was the the Pokemon had to participate in the battle in order yep. to get experience. So like, I'd be like, oh, I want to level up this low level one to 99. So I'd go through the in-game bosses to level up and I would just like have them out for a second, like, and and then and then return him and then put out my stronger ones and just do that a bunch of times. Until I get hey, to 99. You don't have to do that anymore, which is actually really nice. 
that's nice, especially if they're focusing on, you know, like we're talking about, if you're focusing on mobile and someone who doesn't have a lot of time to play the game, if you're on a subway or whatever, like makes more sense. It's also really cool, too, because you can have uh, a second player join you. So you can disconnect your Joy-Con controllers and you as the first player take one and then the second player takes the second one. And if they shake it, they appear in your world and then they just use the Pokemon from your party. Um, and so then oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Which actually kind of gives the encounters you an advantage. Work? So it gives you an advantage in the encounters because then you have two Pokemon fighting against the, the other person's one. So it's kind of like when you're, um, how you would fight team rocket or whatever. And there would be two people yeah. that you'd be fighting. Well, yeah, that's not fair. That's yeah. not, that's Great. not according to the Pokemon league rules. Eh, it's fine. Fuck them. It kind of makes it nice though. If you're going to be playing it with your kid though. Uh, cause then oh, totally. you don't have to, you know, worry about your kid not being able to progress if they're like really young and they don't know what they're doing. Listen, you're not, you're not doing it right then. You got to make them, you give them a controller and pretend they're playing. Oh, look, you're moving up north because <laughs> I am and you're not. They should do that with my nephew. Nice. Oh, yeah. And so apparently, like, one of the things I saw that was really interesting about this game is that you can uh, take your Pokemon from the Pokemon Go mobile game and import them into Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah, I haven't gotten that to work yet, and apparently it's really buggy. Um, I've gone through the steps of trying to connect them and link my accounts, but it just doesn't want to connect. And uh, when I do a quick Google search, I see a bunch of articles about how it's a pain in the ass and it's not working correctly. So I don't. Yeah, I like haven't it. even tried it. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about par for the course for Pokemon Go. I'm yep. not a big fan of Pokemon Go, and I don't want to install it again. So fuck I mean, that. Pokemon Go is fun. Um, I I do one of the. I just recently reinstalled it because I bought Let's Go Pokemon. Uh, and they actually made a change that was kind of nice now where you can link your Pokemon Go account to your phone's uh, activity sensor. So it'll count your steps and everything like that, even if you don't have the game open. Uh, so you can earn candies for your buddy Pokemon and whatnot. So that's really nice. Save your battery life a yeah. little bit, maybe? Yep. Nice. That, that was, was always a big problem giant problem when it first came out. Yeah, you had to have a thing that screen on at all times. Yep. That so was, now that's not a thing, <laughs> which makes it super easy or super like way better for actually having a buddy Pokemon and trying to walk and get the candies. Um, but I I reinstalled that, it because I wanted to transfer Pokemon over and I haven't been able to do that yet. And that's upsetting. I, uh, I drove by a raid the other day and I knew it was a raid just because everybody was out standing at their phones at like a McDonald's. Yeah, man, there's weird. a there's a lot of raids <laughs> that are happening too. Uh, like they have the thing in there, and there's they added um, like daily quests or weekly quests or something where you it's like oh make three great throws or ten great throws or something or hatch three eggs and then you get shit and you get like uh, I, I completed one of them and I and then it like pops an egg for you or whatever and I got an Aerodactyl so that was cool. But it's not like I can transfer over an aerodactyl. I know that's yeah. an ancient Pokemon. Yeah, I'm basically the most powerful uh, Pokemon trainer there is right now, currently, at this time. Nice. So, just needs to go to a raid. It's just interesting when uh, I drove by just to see the I don't know the uh, different types of people at the raid and i was just like uh eh, no <laughs> oh, i'm good see you later it's just weird sorry oh augmented reality is not i don't know i'm not there yet i, I mean don't i don't like have the augmented reality on either i, I don't i don't oh, deal yeah. with that shit it's annoying it's frustrating yeah i know but like you see everybody out in front of mcdonald's with their phones out oh yeah standing around not buying fries I'd be so mad if I were McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> You're like out there as a McDonald's. We're like, hey, don't you want any fries? Like, no, it's okay. We're waiting in the gym. Like, God damn it. Can we play at a play place? What about some high C orange? Yeah. You want apple pie? They're two for a dollar. 
<laughs> chicken nuggets. Some of those businesses are able to control that. Isn't that part of the, the monetization of that game? Pokemon Go? I have no idea. They like pay to be a gym because the idea is to get more well, foot traffic. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't. I wonder if it does help. I honestly, do. Like I know, I mean, like it certainly helped a lot at the beginning. There was a lot of businesses that were that were like, oh yeah, like we're totally a thing. Like uh, the local Target where I am had their the you know how they have those balls in front of the big giant like stones in front of Target so that cars can't drive through the front. They had them painted like a Pokeball. It's pretty funny. Yeah, my target did that too. It was great. But I don't know. I don't know if they. I, I'm not sure how the whole uh, Pokestop and gym thing. It gets chosen. Like I know in my neighborhood, I think there's like five or six Pokestops and four gyms or something, and they're just randomly spread out throughout the neighborhood. Uh, and then other neighborhoods, I'll see they won't have any. Some businesses are set up as Pokestops. Some aren't. Some are gyms. Some aren't. So I don't know if they pay to be that. If they don't, um, I think some, I remember when Pokemon Go first came out, I remember seeing posts on Reddit where uh, businesses were like putting signs on the door saying like, if you're playing Pokemon Go, don't come in. Um, That's hilarious. The funniest thing I ever did is when that game first came out, somebody made a Pokemon Go date night in Tempe and me and another friend went and none of the guys would talk to the girls and none of the girls would talk to the guys. It, it was like literally like that movie you see. It's like the high school dance and the, the girls and the boys are separated and they won't talk to each other. And so me and my That's friend, so me and my friend said, well, fuck this. And we went and broke the ice. And then slowly the, the awkward other idiots came over and did their thing. But I thought that was hilarious. It's also so they're like sitting across the way, just like sitting there. Like, they were standing around the with their phones the out, stop, like with their yeah. phones, standing around mm-hmm. the, with their phones out. Hey, Tim, look, look, that guy just like went up and talked to the like, girl. What do you yeah, think he you, said? I don't. How the, do you do that? I, I said I was like I made a joke. I was like, some people are like Pokemon. You just be really stupid and loud, and then everyone laughs. And then now the the dude's like, that's 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 what you gotta do. That's uh, what you gotta do. Man. Break the ice. Don't break the ice. Gotta be an oh, idiot. Man. It's the easiest thing. Like you all, you're all there for the same reason. Right? Like you all are trying to meet other people. You already know what they like, partially. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, do you like Pokemon? I'm like, no, of course not. Why would no. you ask that? Uh, I don't know like, what huh. to say now. Do you like oh, Pikachu no. or Eevee? Yeah. yeah uh, we ended up ditching that group though like an hour later because they were lame as fuck and ended up going to a different Pokemon event in downtown Tempe because when it first came out it was everywhere everywhere and even even that but it was such a buggy mess too like yeah, man. I remember Without, just, what and how much of a buggy mess like I went to the just just the local park I just walked in walked to the park it was like it, it was like a cultural experience man yeah just shows like how much of an effect Pokemon has had on multiple generations of people. Well, what was I remember going to the uh, the park right up in the corner for me, and it was packed, and somebody was trolling hard, and one guy was like, "I just found a Pikachu," and like a horde of people starts following him into the park. Ah, there was no Pikachu, dude. I was part of a. <laughs> That's uh, so funny. I was part of a shared Google Maps group uh, where people would go on and post what they caught and where. Uh, and so there was like, I remember going to this one park, um, but I think it was like an hour away from my house, uh, because they had Lapras's there. And so I was like, I spent an hour at that park, just walking around the, the soccer fields and everything like that, catching all the Pokemon, getting all the Pokemon stops. And there was like probably a hundred plus people there, uh, doing the same thing. It was crazy. Not yeah. Anymore. It'll be hard to replicate that again. I know a bunch of, I know uh, a certain report came out about Blizzard and in, including some things, interesting things about Diablo. They actually said they were going to try to create their own Pokemon Go type game with the WoW pets. There's well, no way that see, would be as successful. No, I, I think it would be actually. Uh, I, I People have been wanting a mobile game for WoW pets for a really long time to do pet battles and whatnot with her with wow. 
I think that would definitely be successful. Not on the scale of Pokemon Go, though. I don't. I don't know if that if that if that would be as a cultural phenomenon. If that makes uh, sense. No, you're no, you're right. Like on the scale of when Pokemon Go first came out, because Pokemon is so well versed with everyone, uh, you're right. Like it's not going to be to that same scale. But as far as a a World of Warcraft title, I think it will be very successful. Uh, and it would get me like I don't do any pet battles or pet anything in World of Warcraft because it's not something that appeals to me when I'm playing the game. But I would probably do pet battles as a uh, as a mobile game if it if it gives me in game rewards along with it because I think that was the that's the key right like it, it has to connect to my World of Warcraft account use the pets that I have and if I am pet battling with my pets then the levels that I get or whatever uh, the pets that I find needs to co- like coincide with my character in game. That'll be interesting. They also had some interesting things to say about Diablo in that report, which to me, there was a little, one sad notion as a fan of uh, games with precise timing and fighting. Unlike my friends, um, there was a they were going to make Diablo into a Dark Souls clone, which I thought would have been awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what like what happened there, right? Because they so this is the uh, what the, uh, is it? James Schaefer, James. Oh, Jason Schreier. Jason Schreier. Yeah, I don't know where yeah. the fuck the other name came from. Okay, yeah. So it was his article, and where he talked to like a few current and past developers from blizzard and and whatnot and i guess he's been pretty reputable i don't i have never i don't think i've ever really read any of his articles uh i think he's like um, he was the guy who broke that fallout 76 was multiplayer early oh yeah, um, yeah that's right he also was he also was the person who leaked fallout 4 before it was supposed to be out or announced and a bunch of other stuff so he's got heavy connections in the industry yeah so he after talking to people um, and, and the things that they're saying, he's saying makes sense, right? Like they had Diablo three came out and they planned a couple expansions for it. They came out with, uh, Diablo three was basically a flop. They released Reaper of Souls, which saved the game, definitely saved the game. And then they had a second exan- expansion that was scheduled to come out and that got canceled, uh, in lieu of assigning resources to go with Diablo four the Diablo four title. And they had one in the making. Um, Cause I think at, the, at that point they were basically saying like, well, in the minds of the company, right. As far as Diablo three is concerned, it it's a flop. The game didn't do very well. Um, it had a bad reaction well, until, until Reaper of souls came out. But even then still, it was kind of like, well, well, let's you know, just what's, cut interesting our what's interesting about that statement though, is Diablo three as, on record still as being the fastest selling PC game like ever. Like it did 12 million copies in its first year and it's got a total of 30 million copies. Well, yeah, man. I mean, it had like, it had a bunch of hype when it first came out Mm -hmm. and a lot of people, a lot of people bought it, but it it was basically unplayable the first day, right? Like, okay. So uh, how many of those 12 million copies were sold as pre-orders or, uh, like day one purchases because i know i bought it i bought it as a pre-order i actually i actually got diablo 3 for free uh because i did the subscribe to world of warcraft for a year and get the diablo game for free but then it came out and for the first however long there was the the issue now termed meme what error 34 error 73 or whatever where it you wouldn't allow you to log into the game and the game was kind of buggy. The The gameplay was kind of shitty. Um, it didn't really have this compelling story. Everyone wanted, like I was expecting something like Diablo 2 where it was like dark and gritty and it came out and it was kind of cartoony. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And then Reaper of Souls came out and it basically turned it into a completely different game with that expansion. Um and it saved it. And it, that's, I think that is what grew the community a lot uh, after that expansion came out. Cause then you had people that had sworn it off coming back to it and being like, Oh yeah, actually it's actually good right now. What I think is interesting about, so on uh, officially the, between Reaper souls and Diablo three, it says they sold 30 million units, which is, which is not a, 
a failure at all. What I find interesting is I think they think it's a failure because when they got rid of the real money auction house, they lost their cash cow. So they can't monetize it like they used to. Because what they did was is their monetization plan with the real money auction house messed up game balance for one, which is bad. And then they they couldn't replace it with something else that could continue to make them money because that's Blizzard's philosophy, according to this document too, is a lot of a lot of these other Diablo projects were scrapped because they couldn't figure out a way to monetize it correctly. And currently, the only way you can monetize Diablo Reaper of Souls is to one buy the expansion pack or the Necromancer um, DLC. That's it. Yeah, which, which you know a- the. Go ahead. Like as a gamer, that's what I like, right? <laughs> I don't want to have yeah. to go through and buy a bunch of other shit. But at the same time, man, like there's I don't it's weird that they're having a hard time trying to figure out ways to monetize it, considering that they give so many things, um, cosmetic things away with other game purchases, right? Like you you pre-order the World of Warcraft expansion or you pre-order Heroes of the Storm or you pre-order this or that or whatever, you buy the deluxe edition and it comes with all this in-game things for all of, almost all of Blizzard's IPs, including Diablo. So with all the different customizations uh, that they have for their banners and they have in-game pets now and they have like all the different types of armor types and die models and everything like that, it's weird that they can't find a way of having i mean like some kind of transmog system that they can monetize right they know transmog is big in that game in fact they took the transmog system from diablo and implemented it into world of warcraft the only thing that they're missing there is selling the actual items that make their characters look cool yeah um which is something they were trying to implement with the dark souls clones because you it's a third it would be a third person over the shoulder action game and you see your character all the time which would have been ripe for um monetization through customization like that what i find funny though is uh, the article also touches on how overwatch and its success with loot boxes changed their internal philosophy a little bit on monetization so that's probably why they're struggling there to find like there could be a guy and we all kind of work in similar ish there could be a guy say hey we should do a a cash shop where people can buy clothes or whatever that don't affect the gameplay um and people could just buy it you know like fault 76 or league of legends style but then there would be another person there's like no we want let's make it all random like loop like overwatch but then i think i think overwatch escapes criticism a little bit because they were the first to do it but because of the battlefront controversy i think companies are a little scared to go that to that path again i don't know yeah that makes sense well and i think that there's still you know that partial fight out there about uh how loot boxes are considered gambling and they're not like yeah they're there right now but aren't there still like some countries out there that are trying to ban them and whatnot mostly european countries uh belgium is one of them square belgium uh, Square Enix, for example, just announced like all three of their mobile titles have been pulled from Belgium because of their their loot box um, legislation. Yeah, see, so loot boxes, I like loot boxes were a great a great way to monetize in at the beginning, right? And some of the biggest problems yeah. with loot boxes were when you could get the pay to win shit. But if it's all cosmetic, it's not a big deal. Um, but because of all the legislation out there that's coming and going down and because it's considered gambling, right? That I think that loot boxes will probably slowly fade away. Well, there's an argument to be made there too, because uh, we'll use Japan for example. Gambling is illegal primarily in Japan, but there is a loophole with what they with what they call pachinko machines, which which a which are overglorified slot machines. But you don't win money; you win prizes. But there's been studies that show that the exact same addiction things for gambling light up playing pachinko, which could be said for loot boxes there. I'm not advocating for any kind of action. I, I'm pretty pretty libertarian with that stuff. I'm like, to me, it's like, if you can't handle it, don't do it. Uh, but you shouldn't ban it. But I, I do think there's an argument to be made for that, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, that, that kind of makes it, you know, an interesting choking point there for whatever Diablo title that Blizzard's trying to come out with, right? Because their problem is they need to be able to monetize it and they don't know how, like you were saying. 
which and, and I, the it sucks that we're at that part, right? Like it used to be, yeah. they would they would release a game, and you a, a company releases a game, and then there you go, the game's out. The monetization is you buying the game. Well, this article actually, um, if you go to different subreddits, and and I bet you Tim can talk about this too, as a StarCraft fan, a lot of people who are fans of StarCraft are actually fearful of the future of that series, whether it be StarCraft Two or beyond that if they can't find a meaningful way to monetize the game, that they just won't make them anymore. What do you think about that, Tim? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think part of the, part of the problem is like you have, you know, like it used to be the, when you're talking about Mitch, where they would just make a game and then that was the game. That's how they monetized it. I think part of it is they also, they make a new game every like, two years right so like you know the original starcraft comes out and then they instantly have the expansion oh you gotta buy the you gotta buy the expansion and then they move on they build they make another game and they have more stuff and you know when then when they came out with world of warcraft now now it's like the idea of the idea of continual revenue is just like such a thing where i don't even know like what 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 should be the target for how much a single individual should spend on your game, right? Is it $120, $200, $300? Like, you know, like how much, how much do we expect to get out of a game? Cause it's obviously like $60 for a game is obviously not enough. So maybe the price needs to change for, you know, if I if I have a brand new game that comes out that I'm not, I'm not going to add any monetization to, but the game costs a hundred dollars, would you buy it? Well, like say if they made a giant, let's say Bethesda, for example, keeps making these giant open world games, but they say we're going to make it a hundred bucks, but we're going to attack on three more years of development time and make it even bigger. Yeah, be cool. We agree that. to develop and add like three new three expansions over the period of three years, but it costs a hundred dollars. The only well, problem kinda... with that is when not enough people buy it. So, you know what happened six months later when there wasn't, the sales weren't there from what they were expecting to come out. And so that three year promise of developing content is like, well, the game didn't sell very well. And so therefore we're considering it a bust. So we're not going to actually develop any content. And then they close the doors early. And then you have, you know, the, the couple million people that did buy it that are like, well, what the fuck? I spent a hundred dollars on this game that you said that you're going to develop content for. Yeah. But it's Either, not enough well, for them. In my example, too, that's a single player game. So in that scenario, although bad, they still have the game and they can keep playing it. But if you use that same philosophy in a multiplayer game and that multiplayer game goes bye bye, then that's even worse. Right. Now you can't even play what you did buy. Yeah. Pretty bad. Though it's it's a tough thing, man. I don't know. I guess we'll find out what Blizzard will decide to choke on when it comes to uh, Diablo. Uh, I think the next big controversy is when they finally do release their monetization policy for the mobile game. When, And I, I predict they may actually have two different models for the two markets they're trying to capture. You think they'll have like a, a more aggressive monetization in Asia and like a less aggressive one here? Uh, more aggressive in the sense that you can buy power in the game in Asia, where here you might just be able to buy customizable options. When I say buy power, meaning game power, meaning you can become more powerful the more money you spend. Does that make sense? I mean, it does make sense. And if, if it's yeah. region locked, I don't really care because I won't be playing yeah. against those people, right? But I mean, right. I guess you don't really play against them. You'd be playing with them. So that's yeah. also not but that big a deal. It also could become a seat scenario where that could be too too cumbersome and they, they may say we may lose money in North America, but we'll gain money in China. So fuck it. It is what it is. Because um, a lot of the, the the Square Enix games, believe it or not, you can actually buy power because a lot of their games are, are character-based. What I mean by that is, like, you could have Noctis from Final Fantasy XV in, in their Final Fantasy game, but he's a three-star character, but he could be a seven-star character. You better keep buying. You know what I'm saying? 
Damn. So you're buying power. Yeah. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, I don't know that, if I they like don't, that. They don't change that model over here at all. Well, so. well, and the model that I usually see is you have like some energy like <laughs> i can see and i think this is what a lot of people are afraid of right is you having keystones so you can do your rifts on the mobile game and you earn like one keystone a day so you can do one rift a day and it's like oh well now you did your rift and now you're out of keystones well you can buy more keystones if you want to do rifts they're only five dollars a piece and i think that's what a lot of people are afraid of is that that time gating money gating I can't play the game until I spend money to play the game. And that, cause that's how a lot of the mobile games are right. with energy and whatnot. Yep. So that could be the next big shit show once they actually do announce the policy. So we'll have to see. Yeah. But hopefully, I don't know. They, they said they scrapped, so they had Diablo four planned and there was supposed to be that, you know, dark souls clone dark and everything like that. But it doesn't. It wasn't working well, so they scrapped it, and now they're doing something different. Uh, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see what that is. Hopefully, good. I guess I think another one of the things in their article was they were saying at the beginning of the year they were hoping to have a demo ready by BlizzCon, but that didn't happen. Um, and I think somewhere, I don't remember where else I read it, but they were saying um, I remember reading an article somewhere a little bit after BlizzCon happened. That they were saying that, oh yeah, well, like the next next year's BlizzCon will be one to watch. Be careful with that PR. I know, wanna, <laughs> I know, right? You might want to wait a little bit. I mean, I want to go to a BlizzCon. I've never been to one, um, and so I would like to go to one. And so, like, I, I mean, whatever, I'll go to any of them because I don't really care uh, if there's a big announcement or not, I want to go for the environment and the people and the cosplay and the swag and all that shit. So uh, maybe I'll try making it out next year. And if there is a big well, announcement, that'd be great. Yeah. And I'm also a big fan of numbers too. Uh, I, I'm curious if they see a participation drop next BlizzCon because of this BlizzCon, like less people go. I'm curious if that happens. Even if they say it's a big announcement, I bet you people are going to be skeptical. Oh yeah. I mean, I would be, I, I am yeah. like, you said there was going to be a big announcement this year, and then you backtracked and released a freaking mobile game. Like, come on. Yeah. But uh, I wonder if that lowers people spending thousands of dollars to go to this thing next year. So I bet that'll change. Yeah. At least a little bit. I bet they might see a dip. Only time will tell. <laughs>